Hello, welcome to 25 Cents, our video game podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Nick. Each episode will be making the rounds through our four corners, console, PC, Apple, and tabletop, with a focus on games that are great to play if you've got kids. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on the web at goodstuff.network. All right, we missed the timing on that one, so... Hopefully that means a great episode is in store. Hey Nick, welcome. Yeah, welcome if back. we're if we're starting if we're starting off rough. Hey Chris, <laughs> let's not worry about the start. Let's just yeah. get going. Let's yeah. get into it. Console corner. Uh, console start. corner. What's up first? So there was a review of uh, NBA 2K22. Now I know you're you're into the NHL series of games, but apparently this one is even more into the microtransaction EA sports hell of these kind of games uh it you know it's it's a it's a gotcha game disguised as a sports game according to the to at least the the kataka review so have you played any of these have you looked at any of these well i'll i'll say in in ea sports defense not that the the massive corporation that is ea sports needs defending but this is actually nba 2k 2k which is the i forget which brand it's not ea sports it's um oh you're right i got it it's the other one yeah i'm drawing a blank right now that just that just shows the ea reputation (laughs) i assumed it was the other the other guy but at any rate i haven't played this for console we tried the which one is it nba 2k1 maybe is on 2k21 is on apple arcade right now and um we'll get into that and there is a 2k22 arcade edition coming as well but it's it's different from this game yeah so i'm assuming they'll have lots of microtransactions but at least you won't have to pay because it'll be on arcade right. but um, right. this is like a very disappointing i really hope this gets just downvoted to hell because <laughs> to have like a what is not not in the purity of sports by any means but what is a simple game idea of just emulate what we see on tv or on the basketball court or the hockey arena or the football gridiron any of those things just do that we don't need microtransactions to up my players abilities and all that kind of stuff just let us play the basketball game or the, the sports ball game, whichever one it is. That's that's my um, review. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, I'll be interested to see, right? Because like the idea of why you want the new season of the sports game every year is, hey, we you know we um, we want the latest players, we want the latest you know team updates, coach updates, like all of that stuff in the simulation side of things. You can't. In theory, you could just patch the same game engine year over year, but obviously they want to sell a new game every year. But then, yeah, why does it have to come along with um, these mechanics that are more about uh, extracting money from the whales, the the diehard fans of the game series, instead of just making a really great um, simulation experience? Yeah. I don't know. I, capitalism, it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Yeah. I think the, even as a parent, just thinking like if my kid is like already pestering me for like, uh, Fortnite skin updates and things like that. I guess maybe then you're just kind of used to it. Like, oh, this is the world we live in, I guess. Oh, well, we'll pay $5 so they can have Jordan's 93 jersey or whatever. Like, don't quote me on the, the verif- <laughs> validity of that year and jersey. But, right. um, <laughs> you know, if they're used to that idea with Fortnite already, then what's another game, I guess, like that? And it's just kind of maybe that's the way we're headed with all these big games, which which sucks. Back in my yeah, day. I mean that's definitely even even just the the individual game per- purchase uh, to to what you alluded to is is like a conversation in in our household. It's like, well, we we have these games already, you know, we have arcade. Would you be okay not getting that particular game that you saw promoted in the app store that's five dollars plus in app purchases when we have, you know, we have all we have Grindstone at home, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, 
Yeah. And that's, I think that'll be interesting for you to navigate as um, like for us too. it happened when our kids got a little older, peer pressure becomes more of an, a thing in terms of what other people are doing at their house. You might hear about it on the playground of like, they're playing soccer at home or they're play, like, I want to go play soccer. But then suddenly it flips to like the movies they watch, the, the games they play mm-hmm. and the multiplayer angle over online, especially even in pandemic times now, right? Where you're, you can actually still play with your friends and right. kind of that connecting it's point social. through whatever it is, Nintendo. Well, Nintendo is a horrible way to connect with people, with friends, but <laughs> the Xboxes and the Playstations and even online, right. PC, whatever of the world, um, suddenly then Fortnite or whatever the game will be is really attractive because you could just, it's like hanging out with your friends at the playground, except you're just running yeah. around in Fortnite. So, um, and so you, you put it on the video, but uh, uh, Kenny, uh, our, our good stuff, a fellow host of the morning show is listening to the live stream and noted that 2K discounts these games after launch because they make up all their margins with microtransactions. So that's, I mean, it's kind of part of the business model. It's like printers and toner, I guess, right? Is, is, <laughs> yeah. you know, these, these incredibly expensive to make modern 3D games, you know, maybe a more realistic price up front if you didn't have all that stuff built in is like, oh, this is actually a hundred dollars of value, $150 of value. But, but the, the, no one's going to pay that up front. So hiding the value uh, through microtransactions where, you know, yeah, your your play of the game is subsidized by people putting hundreds and hundreds of dollars into it. And, um, you know, potentially with like gambling type addiction to to adding these things um, is, is interesting. And it seems like something that's going to have a regulatory hammer uh, come down on it at some point. Right. Yeah. You know, you're you're gonna the ESRB is gonna have to say E for everyone, you know, microtransaction free or whatever. <laughs> e for everyone, but the microtransactions are for sixteen plus yeah. or something and like No 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 added sugar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we have definitely been subsidized. Our Fortnite gameplay over the last however long it's been now, three years probably at least, has been definitely subsidized by some whales. So uh thank you, whales out there for playing for that. Uh, moving on to Nintendo Direct happened last week. Um, I sort of happened to watch it while I was working and took a few notes, but the two, a bunch of new games announcements and things that are maybe of interest to you. So definitely check that out. But a few things that we picked out, the N64 slash Sega Genesis uh, is coming to Nintendo online. So the emulation mode basically, and mm-hmm. um, which is piqued my interest a lot because Sega Genesis is actually the first console I got uh, that was my own. Well, I had an Atari before that, I guess, but um, way back in the day, but first real console, I guess, when all my friends had Nintendo. And so it's kind of weird now having like, I'm, I was the weirdo with the Sega Genesis back then. Mm-hmm. And now Sega Genesis is on the Nintendo. Um, and N64 is another platform that I never console that I never actually owned or played a lot of other than at friends houses. And so it's very tempting, except they kind of alluded to, I don't know, I can't remember if they spelled it out, but it's going to be hidden behind another paywall upgrade, uh, beyond just the regular Nintendo online uh, price, purchase price, uh, monthly or annual fee that you're paying. So is that something that you're going to be like dropping cash for? Well, so looking, looking at the announced game list, um, the answer is probably not. Um, so, so N64 was probably my peak console gameplay with friends. Like I didn't have a, have that console, but pretty much all my friends were in the Nintendo world. I, some of them had had Super Nintendo, but generally in terms of going over to friends' houses and playing, it was N64, especially because we could do four-player Mario Kart and later four-player GoldenEye. And that was just like one of our primary activities, you know, if we were hanging out in you know, kind of late middle school, early high school. Um, 
So that's pretty appealing. I think the other interesting thing is they're selling the the replica controllers again. Yeah. Uh, but now you can get that N64 form factor or the Sega Genesis form factor. And then um, for for my uh, my wife, uh, I think because her older brother is about your age in terms of like our relative gap, he was a Genesis kid. So she played on her older brother's Genesis a lot. And so like Sonic and Sega is definitely her primary console experience as a kid. So that that makes it definitely more tempting for, for our t- household. At the same time, we've had Nintendo Online for almost a year and we've barely played any of the NES and SNES games. There's a few here and there and, and it's been fun, but it has not been our primary. And I, I guess that's because it's like, it kind of feels like it's a TV thing and not a portable thing, even though we can undock the switch. So yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's interesting. And, and I think I'll have to see what the price is to make a decision if we would actually pick it up. Yeah. And that's exactly the thing that with the pricing, it, it kind of just soured me on the idea of it. And I'm wondering now, like even just realizing right. that there is a game that's out already has been out for a while, Sega Genesis classics for the switch and other platforms. So you could buy these for $30, like a whole bunch of them. Um, and obviously there's something please or interesting about having it on a online thing. You just download it, play it over the, on the cloud or whatever. You don't have to carry around a console or a cartridge, but um, I, I just for my own like brain to like trick my brain back into reality is like, I, this has been available actually for a while at the $40 Canadian right now, let's say on Amazon, I haven't bought it. So <laughs> I really am not all that motivated really by the idea, but yeah, you dangle a, the Genesis uh, uh, controller in front of me and thinking about like, reintroducing my kids to or introducing my kids to that for the first time the controller plus Mm -hmm. these games that i kind of grew up on there's definitely a nostalgia trigger there but um like right now in canada for the family membership for nintendo nintendo online is 45 dollars a month or 45 dollars a year sorry um and so i mean if they said it was like going to be 55 dollars well i I might consider that but if i have a feeling it's they're kind of prepping us for it to be more <laughs> just because they didn't say and so yeah i i kind of wonder if the way they'll do it is you can basically say like all right i want nintendo online and i want nes flavor i want sega flavor right, right. And so they'll all be the same price but you only get one, one or two of the emulated platforms and maybe that's the that's the right way to do it because you know do you really need the library the full library of every uh nintendo console ever made maybe maybe not the other updates that are coming, uh, Metroid Dread is a game, a series that both you and I had never really played too far, but is a new game that's coming. And I, anytime there's a new new version of the game of a game, whether it's Mario, Zelda, Metroid, mm-hmm. uh, Mario Party, mm-hmm. etc., like the sort of classic Nintendo characters and series, I'm always tempted to try them. I was like, okay, I'll try it on Switch now and see how how it goes. And because there's no doubt they're very popular, and so it'd be fun to give it a try. But uh, we'll see when that comes. And then also uh, Animal Crossing, it's an update this fall, so we'll see if people kind of go back into. <laughs> fourth wave animal crossing yeah well yeah we we still have the 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 pandemic factor that i think helped animal crossing's behavior or a popularity uh last early last year is is still pretty present so yeah it might it might help uh you know bring people back to the game yeah um yeah and and for metroid i think i played the first metroid prime on my roommate's gamecube but otherwise have not really explored the series so not not one that i'm like uh itching to to get back into but if if it gets really good reviews i would certainly consider it yeah definitely i think i'll re- uh request it is that the word I'm yes request it from the library at least here luckily so we can get in the queue for that with all the other 12 year olds who are <laughs> getting it over yes. the library <laughs> uh the other funny thing that kind of obviously took the internet by storm was the announcement of the mario brothers movie that's coming in christmas next year 2022 and then announcing the voice cast and then 
Chris Pratt just getting dragged all over the internet for being selected as the voice of Mario, which, yeah, feels all sorts of weird and whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's there's several reasons why people are angry about about Chris Pratt. I mean, he's fine in like the Lego Movie uh, one and two as the main as the main character. Yeah, um, and and those are movies that we've rewatched a couple times, and he's he's pretty good in those. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just. Uh, my my general opinion is uh, higher voice actors like celebrities. Celebrity actors are not going to be as good as just like the these career voice folks, like a you know a, a Jim Cummings or or uh, um, you know uh, who's another one that's just done like everything. Anyway, um, the, the one the ones that have like twenty animated TV credits a year plus, right? Because mm-hmm. they they can just do any voice. Um, and and the other thing that's a little weird is they specifically mention uh, Charles Martinet, who is the voice of all of Mario in all the modern games, has a cameo that <laughs> isn't Mario. Uh, like, okay, it feels like you're mis- misreading your fan base, even like and like the idea that I feel like the the sort of uh, what's the word like the the way the the equation for it should be. If celebrity matches character perfectly, then go with celebrity. Else, go with voice actor who can do the voice way better. And in this case, your your fandom, your audience, your your people who are handing over your money are loving Charles Martinet as the voice of Mario. So why would you? Yeah. Just why wouldn't you? I, I mean, I, I guess the answer is they're they're trying to actually make a movie that has a an appeal to every everyone and so that's where that celebrity hook will get get folks in the door um you know kind of like with with the sonic movie which uh had its own internet rage fest a few years ago and, yeah. and turned out pretty pretty good with with some celebrity voices so yeah um, i think the the only the only thing the internet wasn't mad about was jack black as bowser everyone seemed pretty happy <laughs> about that one <laughs> yeah there's no i don't know what ethnicity bowser is supposed to be or whatever wherever he comes from exactly but it definitely seems to be like jack black fits we all agree that's gets yeah stamp of approval, that was so. that was pretty funny <laughs> all right should we pull over to pc corner yes <laughs> so i i i need i need help chris oh i've got a i've got a binder full of old game cd roms and i just need to say goodbye to them I literally cannot play them on any current device I have. Why do I still have them? Help me. <laughs> oh, I was going to say somewhere in here. I think my friend borrowed it. I have actually the the uh, Apple SuperDrive. I bought it for whatever reason, like for one purpose probably, and then it sat in the drawer for years. And not that it would help you in this situation because you still can't yeah. play them. I'm no, sure. I, I I have I have a SuperDrive, but like I have a Civilization three disc. <laughs> Uh, and it definitely doesn't even work on Intel Macs, let alone, you know, an M1 Mac. Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, I do have, you know, a full PowerPC plus, uh, system nine emulator, but these are actually games from the early Mac OS 10 era that were like, they were ports by Aspire or Mac play or one of those right. companies. And so, you know, no support anymore, no patches. Yeah. I've got. I've got some Civilization. I've got Elite Force, Star Trek Elite Force, which is the Quake Three based shooter, I think. Yeah. Or Quake Engine, anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So I don't know why I still have these. And <laughs> and the other funny thing is, a lot of them, right? You can you can get the PC version on like good old games for less than five bucks. Right. S- uh, although I don't have a PC to play on either. <laughs> um, but <laughs> so so yeah, it's like I I just. I have this idea. It's like, oh, this was a favorite game. Uh, what you know? Obviously, I need to, I need to like archive it and have access to it, like a favorite book. But 
it's unlike a book it uh you know the platforms have changed substantially over the years so so why why do i still have this i i think the the only the angle that i go on is like if you can figure out a way to like i don't know hit up Pinterest, find some sort of creative way to like display the disc itself in your mm-hmm, office or mm-hmm. whatever as a thing. That to me is like interesting, but I know it's, it's painful throwing out, like, especially when there's like, just going, like we said earlier with Sega Genesis, like nostalgia attached to it, that it's mm-hmm. like a bit of your past. It's like throwing out an old, <laughs> the old ball glove that you used to play with your dad or whatever. Um, those kinds of things. And I feel like, I feel like that's the similar thing for video game nerds like us. And so, but I know that's, it's, time to ju- it's time to move on nick we need don't make yeah. us have an intervention yeah. <laughs> don't make us come I think, down to i think you're right <laughs> yeah i i i've i've this is the these are the last holdouts like i'd managed to generally keep these things cleared out over the years um i think uh you know it, we talked about mist uh coming out again in previous episodes i did kind of regret when i i think i sold my copy of mist to the like used mac store in exchange for like mech warrior 3 or something <laughs> nice. ba- uh, back in the 90s uh, not a bad trade. But, yes, That's I, not a bad. Yeah, I, I mean, I got some enjoyment out of it, but yeah. but would I have wanted to keep that original Mist uh, pack? <laughs> uh, I don't know. But yeah, again, it's like why why have it? And it, it it does point though to a general issue where you know the the trade off that like Apple versus Microsoft have made on the PC platform, right? So like you know Microsoft has some of these backwards compatibility pain points. There's they're on Intel forever. But like DirectX going back several versions is still supported. Yeah. Or you can even drop into the DOS layer in some cases for really old games. And it all still works on the same, you know, modern OS, modern computer. And on the Mac side, you know, we're we're in our, depending on how you count, what, fourth major architectural transition uh, over the history of of the of the Mac. Um and 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 even within that, like the library and OS level support has changed so much that there's just no stability, which which then goes to for developers, like why am I going to commit to a platform where every two years my big yeah. game is just gonna stop working unless I put out a huge patch? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um the I saw you note made a note here. I'm just moving on quickly, but Star Wars Squadrons is on Prime Gaming Loot, right? That's like Amazon Prime's free games for a month or whatever yeah so if you have amazon prime you know there'll be different uh stuff that'll drop on you know weekly or monthly basis and it'll be like game codes in this case so ea uh, star wars squadrons uh it was an or it was an ea origin code so now you know i have the game in my origin library and uh as previously alluded no way to play it but i have it it's <laughs> mine it's it's a little item a little icon in a list so you know it was and it was free i'll just note it's uh us only so not i i got kind of excited because i wanted to try it out and if it's free i'll try it out in windows like boot camp mode but uh sure. it's us only unfortunately so that's one yeah one drawback. i i have heard i saw an article recently that i guess there are some sort of multiplayer balance issues with the game but there's no plan to patch them because the kind of the development team has moved on or whatever studio ea contracted with kind of finished the work and and is gone right like they're right. not actively so so um that uh, the five on five part of the game that was one of the big selling points on top of the vr features is sort of uh, unfortunately right out it's it's not going to have that staying power like the original you know x-wing games yeah, yeah. um all right we gotta so keep we moving go to apple corner yeah yeah there you go the bike sound <laughs> Bicycle of the mind. Um, <laughs> yep. Very, very Jobsian. On yeah. The, uh, the tenth, I think it's the tenth anniversary of his of his death, or was 
yeah, this week or whatever. So at some point this week, anyways, just given by the, all the memorial stuff. I still remember the day pulling into my driveway of like hearing the news that he died. It kind of felt like one of those guys, I tweeted this, but like one of those guys who's just going to live forever in, in his role, like the, obviously I didn't know him at all. So it doesn't affect me on a deeper level, but right. just one of those things. But um, the Apple event that happened last week, just some notes in terms of follow-up you had for uh, Star Wars Hunters that you missed? Yeah, so I think we had said, oh, there wasn't any game content, and I'd forgotten about the, they had focused on the the Star Wars Hunters uh, game that was coming, um, which, again, had this very, it's this arena battle thing, and it has very microtransaction feel to it. Um, and then uh, also there's um, a, a video linked in our show notes that's talking about how the iPad Mini is a great game platform, uh, which is interesting. And it seems like a form factor that we'd like. Yeah, it's it is interesting. I watched the review that we linked to Byte Review is, is sort of where I saw it. I can't remember where it was linked from, but um, and the, the main knock against it is just that the iPad Mini is so expensive, like compared to a console. Yeah. Obviously, you could buy a Switch or or anything else for less. Uh, and so, whether it's as as fun as it is to play some of these games, and he they go through like PUBG and Call of Duty, and you know, like games that if you were just looking at the names, you'd think, oh, that's like regular pc almost gaming platform but um but yeah it still is quite a bit more expensive so if you've got ju- yeah. good justification for it for other reasons as well great platform i'm very tempted by it but it still is like i said i think in the previous episode it's just that little bit too expensive to justify as like a a fun expense or a fun toy to have around right so, um but yeah yeah and i think uh vitici unconnected mentioned he had one of those you know, like kind of plug on con- game controllers that works for iPhone where you, you end up almost switch like with, with things on either side of the screen and the mini actually fits the one he has. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you, you, you pull it to its full size, drop the mini in, and now you've got a, a Bluetooth controller and it basically is like a, a build your own switch, except obviously iOS and, and Apple arcade. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, speaking of Star Wars games, we've, we're on kind of a theme uh, this this episode. So Apple Arcade released uh, Lego Star Wars Battles, um, which I've been playing a fair bit of, and uh, as has my son. Um, it's pretty fun. It's, it's, a, it's a lightweight mobile, they call it an RTS, but, you know, it's got some RTS elements, but you're not really, there's no base that you're building other than a few defensive towers, and there's no tech tree, really. But over time, you know, you can unlock new uh, play fields and um, upgrade your units. It's got, it's, it's another one of those arcade games that feels like maybe it was built for not arcade. You know, there's, there's Lego studs that you can use to upgrade units and there's Lego crystals that you can use to unlock new units and you earn those by doing different things. And there's daily challenges and daily free unlocks and, and all that stuff that's trying to like get you to keep coming back to the game so you keep playing rounds so that there's enough of a player base that when someone picks up the game for the first time they have someone to play right all that stuff to make the game sticky um but you know it's it's definitely the mobile take on it right like playing around is maybe two to three minutes uh faster if if you have an advantage um the matchmaking has been pretty good uh you know, it's it's based on your your tier you you earn trophies as you as you level up and i found that generally you know, I'm evenly matched, even with my units well upgraded. Uh, the folks I'm playing, you know, it, it can kind of go either way uh, who wins. And it depends a lot on like the timing of which units you deploy when and and did you protect your land units with air units and, and that sort of thing. Um, and, and you get to see like all the little Star Wars characters and worlds in, in Lego mode, which is 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 fun. 
I think the only the only real thing that feels missing to me, other than like kind of the weirdness of of the the microtransaction remnants, is that while the different levels look different, I think I've unlocked four so far. So I can go to like Jakku or Hoth or Endor or Geonosis. They play the same. So they for balance reasons, you know, there's right. there's five tower positions uh, and two bases and the the layout is identical it just looks different just so it's, it's interesting that they went with that cosmetic only uh, yeah. aspect hmm. yeah i saw that one come out and i was tempted to try it out so you've played multiplayer in terms of uh against random people on the internet not local multiplayer in any sense of that term so as far as i can tell and and i i, I actually tried to do this with my son because you know i mean they they mask your identity because it's got that kind of lego layer of protection on top of the apple layer of protection oh, okay but um uh, as far as I can tell, there is no way to match against a specific person. There's no game center code. In fact, it looks like their multiplayer system is not game center based. They they rolled their own, which is another interesting uh, thing. So so a lot of the arcade games they use the game center um, matching. I would guess it's because this game is going to be available on other platforms and they right. want a shared system. And and Apple has not opened up game center to support you know cross play um, for several obvious reasons um that's too bad but uh, still look good that you can play it your kids can play it i guess and ipad and it looks like apple tv supported as well which would be kind of fun fun way to play it i guess an experience it's on the bigger screen speaking of of that oh no i think i talked about it last time already so i will skip that i was gonna say we tried a bunch of the apple tv games and i think that was covered in the last episode um yeah i i need to try more games on on the tv but generally i i i play them on on the iphone first um and uh, yeah, so I have not noticed, I, I did get my new phone. I have not noticed the ProMotion uh, oh, right. features. I, you know, it's, I don't know if they're not fully enabled in games or I think it's one of those features, hardware features that's actually really subtle. Like you don't, you don't realize the, that the game is, and the scrolling is smoother it, un, unless you went back to a device yeah. that doesn't have it. And then you're like, oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is what I've, I've been missing, right? Yeah, the side-by-side -side um, comparison is lacking, or like for good reason, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I tried out, um, just in other arcade games, I tried out Castlevania Grimoire, I think is how you say it, of Souls, and just very mm -hmm. dipped my toes and haven't gone very much much further. But I I do like, for a side-scrolling game, it's fun. There's a bit of a weird mechanic, and I don't know if I'm playing it wrong, but like where the one button for just like your general slash and whatever, besides your special abilities is up in the top right and every other sort of ability is in the bottom right. So you're kind of like having to watch where your thumb goes. Um, but this would be another one where I think I would really like it on the Apple TV with a, a controller. Right, um, with a controller. Yeah, and then it would be obviously really simple as far as how how you're playing it and stuff like that. But if you're, I mean, I'm sure by now if you're a Castlevania fan, you've definitely picked it up. But even if you're just like a side-scrolling kind of slasher, it's, it's a lot of fun so far. And the story is, you know, intense in a cheesy kind of way, at least to my taste, but... Your mileage, yeah. Very... I mean, you're you're talking about a game series whose main guy was Dracula spelled backwards uh, as <laughs> Al Alucard, right? So, uh, I <laughs> the depth there is may not may not be the the place to look. Um, I my my wife was going to try this one because she she that was another one of those Sega games that she had played a lot of was one of the original uh, Castlevanias. Um, I forget which one exactly, but yeah. So, uh, we'll we'll have to check that one out probably on the on the TV when um when the kiddo is asleep yeah <laughs> yeah it has like sprite like very small i guess especially on the phone but even on a tv i'm sure they'd be pretty small like but they are still like demony ghosts and goblins and whatever yes. flying around so um maybe we'll have to punt the family photo library to next time discussion because yeah that's, that's a time. that's a tech podcast uh, topic yeah. but I, I think one that 
we've we've certainly keep keep running into i think we talked in our wwdc episodes like oh i wish they had added this and maybe yeah. it's still coming but yeah we can we can dive into that next time um quickly and in uh tabletop corner you've gone back to Catan again it looks like no no we we, we did some we did some star trek Catan again and you know that's a that's one of our go-tos have you have you been playing much uh tabletop as a family again no or? we got some like very nice. We kind of had cold weather come in and we were like all ready to hunker down. And then we got warm weather and uh, we've been outside doing some deck mm. renovation stuff and things. And so that's been occupying our time. But um, yeah, I, I keep forgetting about Star Trek Catan, which would be a fun kind of spin on the game. I know it's um, for our kids, even who would, even without zero knowledge of Star Trek, just they like the Catan kind of style of gameplay. And we'll go back to it, but I could see something like this being a fun, like just yeah. different skin on a similar game, obviously um for them to enjoy so but yeah we're we're entering birthday season here uh between my son and myself and i think board games are are one of the things that is often on the list we'll see if if there are some new acquisitions uh that we can talk about in the next next few episodes sweet and maybe next time we'll have to talk a little bit about we'll have time before uh any sort of halloween themed gaming and i guess castlevania would kind of fit into that but gaming and tabletop gaming and stuff that we might might be dipping our toes into as well. That's the second time I've said that phrase, so I'm going to stop using that one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll uh, we'll circle back, uh, yeah. <laughs> table that for now. Uh, Download it to the next episode. Meeting things as well. Um, well, yeah, I think that kind of covers uh, everything we wanted to talk about with our four corners today. Do you have anything else, Chris? No, I think that's good. So thank you for listening to 25 Cents, our video game podcast. You can find me on Twitter at iChris. And you can find me on Twitter and most everywhere else as UltraNerd. That's N-U-R-D. And you can find 25 Cents wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to check out the Good Stuff Patreon, patreon.com slash goodstuff. Join us in the Discord there after you sign up and for more chatter about all the podcasts on Good Stuff. And uh, check out Click and Flick. No, Flick and Click. Click and Flick. <laughs> I just saw a preview of their Halloween episode. They actually got costumed up. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the video of, of them recording. Oh, they yeah. I haven't been watching that on video. Yeah. I've just been listening. Yeah. It'll be, it's going to be fun, I think. So looking forward to see how they do that. So anyways, thanks for listening. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.